Hey, it's Josh here. I just want to take a quick second before we get started to express our gratitude and appreciation to anyone who's listening, whether you're consuming this by download, whether you're listening on our website or following us on Instagram or TikTok, however that is, we thank you. Doing that lets us know, hey, that there's somebody out there. And as long as we're entertaining one person, then it just makes everything worth it. So on behalf of myself and everyone here at Game Rage, thank you. All right, now enjoy the show. Welcome to the dumbest smart guy podcast on the planet. This is the Central Unintelligence Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Central Unintelligence Podcast, episode number 13. Lucky 13. We are here again. And uh, as always, I'm Josh, and I'm here today with Adam. I'm here today with Adam. Oh, sorry. I was, uh, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what I was doing, but. <laughs> oh, well, why? What were you doing? Uh, vault. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we are uh, conspicuous by his absence is Frank. Frank's not here tonight with us. He's here, he's here ethereally. He's, he's here, yeah, in spirit and, uh, and ethereally he's here. Um, but anyway, so tonight we, I wanted to at least talk about a little bit of a couple updates with this whole Israel and fucking Hamas deal and just kind of go also a little bit because I did some more research to find out the difference. Bet- oh, God. Oh, I, I, I did more research into what we were kind of talking about before with the difference between Sunni and Shia Muslims. And man, it is, it is a vast thing. I have, it is a lot. And, and not that I'm going to hit all the things because I don't think I could even understand most of them, but there's a lot of shit to talk about all right. with that. But anyways, go ahead. I want to add some suspense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Today we find out if Joe Biden has plot armor, even though I, know, I think you already know what the answer to that is, but... Yes. Yeah, 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 we do find out because last week we talked about that. Yeah. And so, okay, so let, we'll just start with that. Let's just start with that. No suspense. Let's just start with it because yeah. that's basically the first thing that happened literally the next day after we recorded the last episode. Um, so, yeah, Biden went to fucking Israel, rolled in, did some talking, left, completely unarmed, completely unfazed. Plot armor is the thickest. Yes. Uh, I believe because they didn't even try to do shit. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they even attacked anywhere in Israel during the like four hours that he was there. I think they just left it alone. They were like, oh, fuck, man. We don't want to risk this fucking shit. Apparently. Yeah, they're like, oh, we got two fucking U.S. carriers waiting yeah, in chilling. Well, uh, I, I don't know what sea it is. Is, well, it, the red, is it the Red Sea? The, uh, the, the well, the sea? Yeah, I don't fucking know. The, I don't know my geography. Dude. Yeah, the, other, the one of them that's already there is in the Mediterranean. And Mediterranean. then the other one is... They sent it to the Middle East, the Central Command. So it's technically not. It's 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 stationed for the Middle East, but it's not there in the Mediterranean with the uh, the Gerald Ford or whatever. Which all is right, the all right. So um, anyway, so the uh, Eisenhower carrier group got underway. They're headed over to you know fucking the the Central Command or the Middle East area. Uh, we got that uh, amphibious readiness group chilling over there in the Strait of Hormuz area or that general vicinity of the, I think it's the, 
Arabian? I don't know what the fuck the sea is that's over, but it's still in that area, Middle East. All right. We're going to look this yeah, up. Look it up in, in, in the meantime, yeah. while you're discussing this. Yeah, good. Look it up because I want to know where the Strait, what sea the part of the Strait of Hormuz is like involved in or what that one is that's like to the north of it that's connected to. Um, but, anyways, so then we, uh, we, had, we had that stuff go down. We had. Uh, we basically had Hamas try to kind of play off like they were gonna give up some hostages. They, which I, I will, I will give them credit. It's a very good stall tactic um, because Israel, in the time we we had thought at the time last week that the impending invasion of Gaza, the ground assault, was uh, was fucking imminent. That that it was gonna happen within a few days, um, especially after Biden. Anyways, did you find out this? Yeah. So. The the body of water that is just west of Israel is the is the, the Med right? The, it's Mediterranean. The Med- yes. Yeah, that's the one where the Carl or the Carl, Gerald Ford is. And then there's the West Bank. Yeah, which is like the body of water closest to it, or whatever. Right, right. Um, and then the Red Sea is just directly south of it, which is uh, bordering Saudi Arabia and Africa. Okay. So that's like the little you know yeah, sliver. Yeah, yeah. Of it, but so the Strait of Hormuz is is where's that specifically? It's, oh, it's it connects uh, through to like Iran, and I think it's that. Uh, it might be the Red Sea. Strait of Hormuz. How do you spell it? H O R M U Z. H O R M U Z. Yeah. Okay. Strait of Hormuz. Uh. Okay. So it's just south of. Iran and north of the United Arab Emirates. Right. So, is there a body, the body of water that it connects up to when you go north through it? What's is there a name to it? The body of wa- water. Yeah. That. So that there's goes, like the Persian Gulf to the left of it, and then there's the Gulf of Oman to the right. The of Gulf it. of Oman. Oman. Okay. So then that's where it goes through is to the Gulf of Oman or the Gulf of. It's it's placed in between. Yeah. Okay. So the okay. So yeah, this is not north south, but like so. Yeah, that's the Persian Gulf. Okay, so it comes from the Gulf, Gulf of Oman and goes into... So the Persian Gulf is where that amphibious radio news group was because up in that area is where Kuwait is, and that's where they were at. So okay, okay, okay. They're in you. the Persian Gulf region I over got there. You. Uh, getting ready, what I would was assuming, to, to take the Strait of Hormuz if necessary. Um, if why, this, why is that important? Because you said it has well, something to do with that's the Well, because that's where like, all the oil out of the Middle East, if it has to be shipped via boat, it has to go through, it goes through that Strait of Hormuz. Like, it okay. all comes through there. All right. So, that's why that's a very strategically important location to control because Iran controls, like, 80% of that strait. So, they, you know, they could, if they wanted to shut off the oil production to the rest of the world and against the will of the people shipping it, you could just blockade that and then, huh, what are you going to do? No one's going to get through. You're going to have to fucking fight them. So, likely, it just would, they just sit there and, well, the oil would be cut off. So, anyways, um, Back to the Hamas thing. We had them trying to f- trying to give up some hostages, and they were kind of like, oh, you know, hey, man, if you guys just stop bombing the shit out of us, we'll give up all the hostages. <laughs> and, and Israel was like, nah, fuck that. You just give us the hostages. And so then they were like, oh, come on, man. Like, just fuck, just give us, some, give us a break, man. We're just we're tired of getting blown up, dude. And so they said... Let's just let's just give up some. So they gave up two. They gave up two hostages. They have like I I don't know what the number is. It's in the hundreds for sure. Uh, low low couple hundreds somewhere around there I think. And so they're like, uh, we'll give you two. And so they fucking sent two uh, earlier in the week. And they said, okay, cool. Uh, hey guys, could you just maybe stop bombing us again and we'll give you more hostages? And they're like, mm, maybe. What do you got for us? And then they were like, uh, we'll give you two more. And so that was like yesterday. They gave them like two more. 
And this is the fucking this, this is, is the MLB trade deadline, yeah, dude. Basically. The, and so how, how, yeah, how bad are you guys hurting right now? Pretty bad. Yeah, pretty, um you're fucking us up pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many hostages do you, do you think you can give up? Mm-hmm. Maybe up seven. Yeah, maybe seven. Hmm. Why don't you make uh, it ten? Right, yeah. Why don't you make it ten? Hmm. How about four? All right. Mm, all right. How, how about, about how about we send some fucking tomahawk missiles your way? Mm, oh, did you say ten? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, so uh I, a lot of people were analyzing or suspecting, and, and I kind of agree with this, that this was a stall tactic by Hamas to kind of buy more time to prepare their internal defenses against the impending ground invasion. Uh, a lot while, of the, while also saving face. True, yeah, because they're looking like, hey, we're not, we're, you know, we're trying to make a deal here, you know. Not bad, not bad. They're trying to change the narrative, I guess. Good, not and, bad. And so these people came out, a couple of them, well, two of them came out and said that, you know, Hamas treated them very nicely. And then one of the other two that got released said that they, like, beat her ass with a crowbar at the beginning. And, like, that was just like, well, that's, you guys probably picked the wrong hostage to release. You should have picked the one you were nice to. You guys fucked up. Like, you should have just kept that narrative going actually they should have treated them super well oh yeah make so sure that, that they yeah. had food and like everything hey man can we get you guys anything you know yeah, you want yeah. some water yeah, you know yeah. you we got panda express oh yeah fuck yeah man yeah. dude that fucking west bank fucking panda express must be off oh, the chain dude. bro and then they got fucking you know xbox live oh they, shit they got the game pass they're like hey guys Yo, we, we got don't, starfield no one yeah no one has internet but we you can play starfield yeah all right we, we got it you want to play it in HD, yeah. bro? We got a 4K fucking 55 inch right here. Yo, Come we on, just man. Stole, we just stole a Starship right now. <laughs> yeah, we we just stole it. <laughs> yeah, just took it. You, do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever you want. You want to crash it? Go right ahead. Nobody gives a fuck. <coughs> um, but anyways, so so that 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 was I think kind of a stall tactic to get them to hold off on the invasion, <clears throat> and it's kind of come out now that that we the United States asked Israel to hold off on the invasion of Gaza, that that's really the only reason that they haven't gone in yet is because we were like, Hey guys, (coughs) we foresee this becoming a broader regional conflict. Once you invade, because that's what everybody's been saying. Iran's been saying it. All the other countries that have sort of taken this hardline stance against Israel (laughs) have been saying that kind of, the line is that is the invasion. If they put ground forces into Gaza and they do a full invasion of it, that's kind of the line. They will have to come in and intervene just in terms of humanitarian purposes is what they're saying. Now, granted, obviously, it's going to be they're going to fucking push out the Israelis and then probably push further into Israel um, and turn it because they, they're all now pushing for the borders to go back to like the 1967 borders or whatever. That's what everybody's pushing for. That's on the Arab uh, side of this. So the... We asked them to, to pause the invasion, the Israelis, because we want to get our shit together and we want to get all of our defensive positions set up. So there's not like a like a formal ceasefire, but there's like they've been trying to get one. And the reason which I thought we were pushing for that. But now today, uh, I think it was the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, and I think even the secretary of state uh, Blinken also said something alluding to this, that the only people that a ceasefire would benefit is Hamas is what what our United States government officials are saying. Yeah, I and I think that's understandable cuz right. it's like the time that no side is committing violence on one another, they're going to build up their right. resources Yes, and, which and, is what, which is what Hamas would do and well, likely it's what they've already been doing. And so although it does it, it is a little strange that they have still been doing these rocket attacks and launching all this shit from there which kind of tells me that they've been basically getting the shit bombed out of them for the last three weeks. 
So it kind of indicates to me that they they either had a massive fucking stockpile of shit just waiting because there's or they have such a great underground method of getting arms resupplied to them that the Israelis cannot stop because there's no way that just them getting the shit bombed out of them. And now Israel does control the majority of the areas of which by which shit is coming into the country. And Egypt finally sent in some humanitarian aid and Israel was pissed because they were like, no humanitarian aid whatsoever. And then they were like, all right, no humanitarian aid, unless we look at it first. We got to fucking fully tear it apart and inspect it and make sure there's no weapons and there's no shit getting sent into it. And, you know, ain't no bad shit getting sent in with it. And so I don't know where that stands now at this point, if the Egyptians kind of agreed to that or if they were like, nah, fuck you, we're still going to send shit. But <laughs> Hey, what is... <laughs> what is this fucking RPG-shaped box? <laughs> like... <laughs> Hey man, what is this? What's inside here? Oh no, nah, man, it's just food. It's, it's just you know, it's Twizzlers. Yeah, fuck, fuck. We we didn't have any other boxes to put it in, so yeah, yeah, we, we just put it in the one that we had extra RPG boxes. So we you know we just we just put it in there. So where, where's the RPG? What? Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Who knows, yeah. man? Anywhere? Yeah. So so we got that happening, and then again with us asking them to delay the invasion, just kind of further highlights that we are definitely gearing up for this to become a bigger issue in the area. And I think that the only reason the Israelis actually listen to us is because they know that when this does turn into a broader problem, it's going to be everybody versus Israel. And they're going to need us to have our shit in place to make sure that they fucking survive. Because if the rest of the Arab world goes against them, it's going to be a hard-ass fucking, fucking fight if they're on their own. So I think that's why they said, okay... We'll just chill. we'll just chill we'll just keep bombing the fuck out of them. We won't go in on the ground yet because that is their aim. Is they want to go in there and they're going to take that whole area and just eradicate everything that Hamas has or is in that area. And uh, it's going to be a hard time for everybody because fuck, fuck, dude, the ramifications for it. Just think about the refugees that are going to be made. Oh yeah, of this as if they weren't already fucking ostracized or treated like shit. Yeah. Now they're going to be. Displaced to a country that doesn't want them either. Fucking Egypt. Yeah, exactly. Or they're... Well, Egypt is actively blocking people from coming in, so they they might not have anywhere to go. Um, they can't get out by sea. They, you know, they can't get out by land, so... It's either that or fight. Yeah, and that's, that's what's going to... That's what's going to turn this insurgency into a major fucking offensive is if you have two million fucking people there that have nowhere to go... Every single, not just military-aged male, every female, every child, every single person in that area is going to be geared to fight. It's, it's going to be hard not to galvanize these people that already probably don't like Israelis to begin with. Or maybe right. they were indifferent, but now, sure. now, it's, now it's fucking embedded in their minds. They're yeah. like... Just Fuck like these people. Yeah, just like the just like with us and one of the things I think that we learned heavily on our on our global war on terror with Afghanistan and Iraq and all that stuff is that you may have an indigenous population that doesn't really give two shits about you being there, but if you accidentally kill their family, now you just created a terrorist. A now lifelong you just, enemy. Yep, dude. a lifelong fucking person that is going to do whatever it takes to get revenge upon you. And with all of the bombings and shit that's happening there, Obviously, as unfortunate as, as war is, the civilians are going to be killed. There's going to be collateral damage. You cannot never have that. It's just a physical impossibility 
It's always going to happen. So of all the kids that are, that, are, that are kids and the women and even the men that are getting part of this collateral damage, any of their surviving family members are now like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to join up with Hamas and just start killing as many of these guys as and I can. It's possible they don't even fucking agree with what they do. True. Like, they might think they're <coughs> sa- like savages or, sure, yeah. or animals or... I mean, that's, that's how Israeli, that's how they phrase them. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, they right. They might not be fucking down with whatever they're doing, but they see the Israelis and like, oh, well, they're the greater of two evils, so. Right, or or what am I going to do, just uh, just keep getting my ass beat by these other guys, or am I going to join up against the dudes? Met? Maybe I'm not cool with them, and maybe I don't really agree with them all the way, but hey, they're fighting this guy who keeps beating my ass, so yeah. maybe, maybe I should fucking join up with them, I don't know. Um, which is an unfortunate, you know, side effect of this whole thing. I'm kind of curious of like what the general sentiment in Israel is with their citizens. If there are, if there is a, a minority or majority of people that are not in standing with Netanyahu's like policies or. Yeah. So what's very interesting about this whole thing is prior to this happening, the country was very fractured regarding their own government with regarding Netanyahu specifically. They were very split as to whether they like he had a very fairly low approval rating and he was not they they were already trying to get him to resign or get him out somehow uh, do you know anything about uh and I don't know if I'm making this up because I think I don't know if he's trying to make himself a permanent leader within the Israeli government to to be held as like the leader for yeah. an extended period of time is that am I making that up or no so okay Kind of, kind of, but not really. So the the way that this whole wartime government shit works is you basically, whoever's the president at the time, they can convene a council, essentially, and then they can call for a vote of the representatives in the government. So the the elected representatives, which is like I think it's called the Knesset or the I can't I don't know how to say it, but it's like their it's like their house and house of senate or uh, their senate and like shit like that, right? So. They all vote basically on whether or not they're going to allow this wartime government to exist, and so they they created this after the uh, invasion of the the first Arab-Israeli war. When they're the one problem that they had was getting everybody on the same page to respond quickly. Okay. So they they put this into their I don't know if it's their constitution or if whatever the fuck the document is that they have. They put this into the rules of government that. They, the prime minister can call for this, and if the other a majority of the other elected officials agree, it goes into effect. And basically, it's like it's like martial law, with for lack of a better term. It's, okay. it's a wartime government where it's basically everything is streamlined, and every resource in the country goes towards the military, and it's for the defense of the country. So if there is an action like this that took place within a couple of days, they had this going where they voted, they did all this shit, and Netanyahu formed this like cabinet of people. And there was even somebody who was the, I think the, one of the guys who's the the main opposition opponent of Netanyahu said that he didn't, he never would agree with Netanyahu having this type of power, but with, because of this incident that happened, even he will vote in favor of this and get all the people along his lines that are against Netanyahu to vote to give him this authority. Now... I think it has to be revoted on every like 90 days or 180 or something like that. There's like a time frame that they have to revote on this. And uh, what if no decision is made? Then it go, reverts back to. I think it just reverts back to the original. Well, if they're still under a state of war, which they have declared this state of war, I think it's just permanent okay, until yeah. it's dissolved okay. by whoever's oh, okay. in charge or whatever. And I think the cabinet 
because there's five total people, including Netanyahu, in this like it's like a war cabinet or something is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a term for it in in Hebrew that they call it. I don't I don't know how to say it or what it is. Yeah, but it's like a war cabinet basically, and so they're the ones that are making the decisions, and all of the decisions involving everything get voted on by these like five guys or whatever in this cabinet. Okay, and so. That's to streamline everything so that, bam, we can make decisions and respond and, and defend ourselves so we don't get fucking, you know. So kind of like what, what the U.S. did with 9-11 because all the departments within the government weren't working with one another to have transparent like information. Yeah. Uh, so that the CIA would know what the, the FBI knows right, and yeah. also the NSA. Right. So, so basically – it's kind of like that, except they already had this framework in place prior to the event happening, where we didn't create the framework until after 9-11 I got by creating essentially the Department of Homeland Security yeah. and then the Patriot Act and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this is like the kind of a similar thing, and, and, and not really even too, because it's, it's even more extreme than that, because it, yeah. it centralizes the power of the whole government basically into like uh, this war cabinet or I whatever. I got you. So, uh, and amongst Israeli citizens... That at least the shit that I've seen on on you know social media stuff, which is really all I've been able to see, uh, it seems like they are very much against Hamas and feel the same way that the government has been saying, calling them animals and stuff like that. They are in favor of wiping them out, but there still are protests happening of people that are asked, telling Netanyahu to resign. For the simple reason that he was in charge and this happened on his watch, basically. Oh, that the... Uh, this attack happened this while attack. he was in charge. Yeah. That, that his incompetence, his government incompetence is the reason this happened. So he should be resigning altogether. <laughs> yeah, if he escalates this, then this is like a, a career-defining moment right here. Yeah. Where, regardless of what the outcome is. Right, yeah. Because he, he has to earn the, uh, the respect of the Israelis in order to walk out in one piece, I think. Yeah, basically. And so one of the things that somebody was, was kind of talking about, which I kind of somewhat independently verified it was the reason why a lot of people are pissed off at him is because when he like ran again for the last time for the prime minister thing, he had basically said that he was never going to get in bed with this certain group of people within like the Israeli, <sighs> I guess, I don't know if it's like the military industrial complex that they have or whatever, or their defense industry or some, some unscrupulous individuals. And basically, he he did exactly that. He got he, as soon as he got elected, he basically just got in bed with them and took all their money and all this shit and signed this deal with the devils, quote unquote. That's why all these people are supposedly pissed off. So, uh, it's it's interesting that this all happened to happen at the same time as that. And then also, like in in American homeland news, <coughs> you know, we're st- it's been like fucking almost a month since we haven't had a goddamn speaker of the house and yeah that's just going even poorly there was a couple of guys that got elected in to be the designate and so like <laughs> essentially the speaker the, the 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 ruling party which is the republicans in that in that area they have to vote on a guy to be the designate and so the designate is the candidate that they're putting up to be elected on by the whole of the house or whatever right and so there's been a couple of guys that got enough votes to get elected to the designate position, but then didn't have enough to get elected by the whole house. <coughs> so now we're on like our, I think, third or fourth different guy that just literally t- today, Tuesday, they announced this dude in the morning as the designate, and then by like noon, he had already fucking resigned. Fucking A, dude. And so then now they got this other guy in there tonight, and so tomorrow on Wednesday, they're supposed to do this 
I guess they're going to try a vote and see what happens. But people are saying that they don't fucking have enough. There's no, no votes. So if there ain't enough fucking votes, and now they're, which has me fucking even more baffled, is now they're saying that the original guy who got ousted, McCarthy, McCarthy. Yeah, is, Mike McCarthy. Th- there's rumor going around that he is going to be put up for a vote again and have another hardline Republican candidate as like his secondary, they're going to make this like secondary position or something. <coughs> right. And that, and that basically it's just, he's just going to get reelected again. So we're going to have had this whole nonsense for wasting for 40 fucking days yeah. or whatever amount of days for nothing. Yeah. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I swear if that happens, I'm like, fuck, this is ridiculous. I can't even believe this. You're going to be, you're going to be Billy Joe Armstrong and fuck off to <laughs> you, you, the UK. Yeah, yeah. Go straight to the UK. No, I'm going, you, to, I'm going to Belgium. All yeah, right. If you, if you're listening to this, please listen to the fucking, <laughs> Listen to the uh, Game Rage Music podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because we, you'll, you'll get the joke. You'll get yeah, the joke. Yeah, you'll yeah. get the joke if you're the Belgians. Will get the joke because they listen. Yeah, to they're both, fucking down. Which is why I said I'm going to Belgium, not the UK. Fuck yeah. the UK. We're going to Belgium. Uh, anyways, so so yeah, so so we got that fucking happening and all this other nonsense happening at the same time. <coughs> it's it's just it's very fucking crazy that the world is seeming to devolve all at the same fucking time. And I don't know if that's indicative of, like, a greater fucking plot or if this is just the natural fucking way in which things are fucking going. And it's just, it's just very concerning overall because we have all this talk of, you know, oh, there's all these terrorists or there's all these uh, extremists that, are, that have been sent here in America, and there's all these fucking sleeper cells and all this shit, right? And, uh, you know, this just could be hyperbole and, you know, uh, ex- what is it? Uh, not extremism, but uh, what sort of I'm looking for? Uh, it's, just, it's just shit they're just hyping up. It's doom porn or whatever, I guess you want to call it. Yeah, it says it's a sensationalization, thank you, of the fears that we already have because of this, because we do recognize as, you know, Americans that we do have a very sensitive... <clears throat> infrastructure grid here and that it's, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that something could, something bad could happen to it. And that would be a bad time for everybody. And, you know, we've got a lot of people that want to capitalize on the, the doom porn aspect of it. And, and listen, I'm not saying that I don't like or, or follow doom porn because there is a certain part of me that just fucking loves reading all the fucking, sensationalized shit about how oh we're gonna be attacked here and all this crazy shit's happening and yeah I just there's a part of me that just loves that shit I don't know why I can't explain it but it's it's just it's just interesting to me so uh, while while I I don't think that it's necessarily good to be put out there in the mainstream uh because a lot of people don't do the research to realize like okay this is probably not gonna happen they just hear a headline and then they just fucking freak out and they immediately take it at face value and you know lose their shit over it but there is the aspect that I do, like I said, I do enjoy some of the Doom porn, and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting and it's funny sometimes. Um, but I think that it should just be kept low-key. I don't think we should be sensationalizing it in the mainstream because it's just fucking... For what specifically? Oh, just the Doom porn I was talking about. Just with this thing, with well, I mean, with Russia and Ukraine, it kind of happened. It, you know, Now, 
granted, there are some things happening in the world that are making this doom porn seem more and more likely that this is how it's happening, that, that we are, because the doom porn is that, oh, we're just going to have nuclear war. Like, that's basically what it's going to come down to is, is the, the doom porn on the internet. Or we're just going to be uh, attacked here in America somehow or, you know, whatever. That's all the, that's the doom porn going around right now. And I mean, like I said, the, there are aspects of this that are happening throughout the world that are kind of leading to that conclusion, you know, the Chinese have put six additional warships over there in the in the Middle East area that that could lead to a confrontation. They've I mean, the Chinese have been ramming uh, Filipino fucking shipping. Uh, I've seen that. Ships. Yeah, they've been just straight ramming them. Yeah. I mean, so there's escalations. And they there. don't give two fucks. No, nope, they don't give two shits. The best one that I saw this uh, this giant merchant ship from China. Yeah. I guess there was some fucking cable in one of in, in the I don't know somewhere in that, that affected some European country. It was like an internet, underground internet cable. Yeah. And the rumor was that they had thought that a Chinese shipping uh, container ship had dragged anchor and fucking used the anchor to rip the fucking cords up that were on the seabed. And sure as shit, there's pictures of this fucking ship coming in and it's missing the front fucking anchors. They're just gone. And they're like, well, that kind of proves it that they're doing this. They're, this is a way that they're they're using their their civilian shipping container ships to destroy internet lines underwater. Genius, fucking genius. And the escalations of oh, the, just today, Russia fucking sent a fucking aircraft, a large. I don't know if it was specifically a bomber, but it was a large fucking aircraft that they sent that just flew over Japan. They flew it over fucking Japan, and they flew it right inside the zone, right over the country, just started circling around, just dicking around. And it, I don't know how long it took the Japanese self-defense force, or I guess they're the Air Force now because they're, they're allowed to have shit again. Um, they sent up fighters to intercept it and escort it off. What, what, what fighters do they have? Do they have what we got? They have F-16s, I think, and they have a lot of it is some of our shit. I don't know. I'd have to Google it just to see. All right. Um, I want to just see what that Russian... It's like... The, it was the IL-20, Ilyushin-20 Russian ship. Is, so they just did that without any kind of... Uh, what is it? I guess discretion. They just... Like, fuck it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, well, okay. So that the aircraft that specifically went over, it's a uh, communications intelligence and electronic intelligence surveillance craft is what they sent over Japan. They just flew it right over. And just said, ah, here, we're just going to do this. So who knows what the fuck they picked up and what kind of signals they were looking for. I mean, it was just a flex. Like, yeah, of course it's I don't, a, it I don't know a flex. A, yeah, like but, a, just, just a psychological yeah. thing. Like, uh, yeah, like, hey. Yeah, like, hey, we can we're, do this. We're here. And it's like, okay, if you can do this with a signals intelligence fucking aircraft, just imagine what you do with a bomber or one that has a partial stealth capability or something to the effect of saying, well, look how long it took you guys to fucking do anything about this. Uh, we, were, we could have easily dropped one bomb or whatever right over you guys, and you would have never been the wiser. We would have just been in and out and done. Um, so it's just very interesting to see this shit devolving and it just continuing to go. Yeah. They, they've got our shit. They've got the F 15, they've got the F two and they have the F 35, the, the Japanese uh, air force. Mm. So that's likely what they sent up price of F 15s or some shit to go fuck with them. Mm. But the way things keep devolving, it is, it is leaning more towards that. This is getting likelier and likelier to happen. That whole minutes to midnight, the doomsday clock. Yeah. I mean, I, they updated it, I think, last year or at the beginning of this year, and it was, I think, 90 seconds to midnight is what it's at right now. And Shit, I, I thought it was like at 1 minute 15. 
maybe it's even lower than that. I don't know. I, I'll Google it right now. But um, currently, they haven't updated it involving all this other shit that's been happening. Yeah, I mean, dude, and, if there's urgency with like what's happening right now, yeah, they'll do it without. Because uh, I think they do it like annually, don't they? Yeah, I feel like that there is, but then I feel like if something, yeah, it's uh, it, it's at ninety seconds to midnight currently. Okay, so yeah, if it, if if the, like the moment calls for it, they'll also do it uh, when they feel that they're like yeah. the, things have escalated. Yeah, and and I think that honestly, the triggering point for that may be the Israeli invasion of Gaza. I feel like because if that does truly set off the rest of the Middle East. They're going to have to fucking point some shit out. They're going to have to upgrade that to... It's probably going to be midnight, like fucking... what Or, or one second to midnight, because it, we are going to be so close. It'll be, yeah, I think it'd be like 30 seconds. Yeah, because I don't know what... I mean, I think 90 seconds is the is the closest it's it's been... Or In the, years? I think ever. I think this is like... I think even during the Cuban Missile... Or wait, when did they fucking invent that thing? I don't know, but I know it was, I know like it was kind of prominent during the Cold War. Yeah, that was kind of the whole reason why they invented it was to basically give everybody a heads up as to like hey we're pretty close to mutually assured destruction right yeah this is this is this is how close we are to nuclear fucking warfare um what is it doomsday clock what would that be like the lowest lowest level or highest level lowest time i don't know highest time what comes after the doomsday clock fucking yeah uh, it says uh, the clock was moved to 90 seconds to midnight uh, on January 24th, 2023, meaning that the clock's current setting is the closest this has ever been to midnight since its inception in 1947. Good Lord, dude. That so, means that we're in a worse situation than, than during the Cold War. The Cold War. And that's fucking crazy to think about because you had essentially two major world powers against each other and... We, the U.S. and the USSR showed restraint and did not ever use nuclear weapons against each other during that whole Cold War, right? And now we're here essentially against, well, several nuclear-armed countries involved in, this, in these conflicts now. And being, the reprisal of the U.S. versus Russia, uh, I guess, conflict. I mean, not direct. We haven't sent nukes right. at each other yeah, or not, whatever. Not but, yet, anyways. But the Cold War is on once more. Yeah, it is. It's it's the Cold War is on with us against it's us versus China, us versus it's us versus everybody now. And you know, even with this shit going on in the Middle East, I mean, everybody likes to no one wants to continue to highlight that Israel is a nuclear armed nation. They have nuclear weapons. <laughs> and again, I said it on the last one or the one before about the whole Samson option, but that's a real thing. That's not just some conspiracy theory. That's like an actual legitimate thing. If you don't fucking believe me, you can go Wikipedia and Google it. It is a legitimate tactic that the Israeli government has and has said many times, even today in this current issue, they have fucking people have said that the Samson option is always on the table. And that's essentially launching all the nukes just to blow up all their enemies. If they're, if they're ever going to be fucking faced with annihilation again, they will just kill all their enemies with nukes. They don't give a fuck. They got, I think, at least 90 of them. What do you think the sentiments would be across the world if is, uh, Israel just... Well, if we can't have Israel, then nobody can have it. So the whole Middle East is just fucking bombed to shit. What, what do you think the U.S. response would be, and what do you think China's response would be? What do you think Russia... I, I think we all would collectively be like... Hmm, nothing lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's possible, but I don't think that we would actually take that. I think that 
A, it would literally turn the entire rest of the world against the United States. The rest of the world would be against us. And at the head of it would be probably China saying, hey, rest of the world, this is our signal that we need to put a stop to the United States of America because look at what they've done. Because whether we want to admit it or not, we have backed Israel hardline from the beginning of this whole thing. And we've, we've backed them hardline since their inception as a, as a nation or as a country or whatever you want to call it. So because we have heavily backed them and supported them, we won't be able to walk back them using nukes and say, oh, we didn't, we didn't tell them to do that. We weren't, well, they, nobody's going to give a fuck if we try to say that. We're going to say, they're going to just say, you enabled it, which, I mean, maybe we did or not, we didn't, I don't know. But you enabled it, this is your fucking fault. Because Israel won't be left to blame because if they drop nukes, someone's going to nuke them back. It, it ain't going to be just left alone. So, um, and then that begs the question, if someone nukes them back, are we going to nuke that person back or what, you know, what are we going to do? What's, what's going to be the question? Who the fuck knows a nuclear weapon well, a modern nuclear weapon has not been used in an offensive manner <laughs> in, in at all. Dude, I, I like the, the, the only <coughs> nuclear weapons that have been used in history were the atomic bombs in fucking world war two. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Uh, cause you know, we have, and I, I have a feeling that's why Christopher Nolan, uh, was it Christopher Nolan that directed Oppenheimer? Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling he did this specifically because it's like, hey, we're walking that fine line again. Yeah. 1960s, and Every, here we yeah. are. Seven, uh, Everyone needs a reminder that this is what happens yeah. when you fucking unleash these things. Yeah. Maybe we should all just chill. Yeah. And, and, like, throughout the course of the movie, it's, it's obvious that the weight of creating something like this yeah. begins to bear on Oppenheimer himself. Right. And even to witness it, to be in awe, I guess, in fear, because it's like, oh, holy shit, this is yeah. this is like a bomb of a million fires that can right. evaporate fucking it just, it everything. Everything. Yeah, everything it touches. To witness that, dude, I don't know how I'm going to feel if we if something like that actually happens again, where there's a nuclear bomb that goes off. Because I'm actually, I, I think I might actually be terrified, because that shit's going to be fucking wild to see. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're here again, dude, and we haven't learned our lesson to see a nuclear weapon be used in an offensive manner in our modern, in what we have now, right? For us to witness that, this is the TikTok fucking generation. So you know we're going to get to see it. Someone will be live streaming that shit when it happens, and we will see it. We will see the destruction it has caused in the aftermath, and we will see it happen immediately. And I've seen a lot of fucked up shit on the internet in my time of being an internet user. I don't think I am ready to see that actually happen. I don't think I don't think and I don't I, think anyone is. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. You could say you could have seen all the weird shit, the beheadings, none of that is to the level of destruction that an actual nuclear weapon will cause. To the amount of lives lost from just one fucking detonation. The generations to come that it will affect, the the overwhelming yeah, fucking oh, deformities, the, the death. Yeah, the, the death that it will cause, not just the day it's fucking detonated, but again, like I said, for generations to come after, that is something that the world has never seen and is not ready to see. And to, I think when we see that happen, that's when everything we know goes out the fucking window. Everything we've ever thought about anything is gone. Because 
when we did it the first time back in World War II, we were the only ones that had it. We were the only ones that had it, and no one could do shit about it because what are you going to do? You ain't got nothing that could do the same thing. But we live in a world now where, let's be honest, everybody's got nuclear weapons. Even the goddamn North Koreans have fucking nuclear weapons. 7-Eleven down the street has yeah. a nuclear weapon. Yeah, 7-Eleven, yeah. uh, fuck, man. You, you go in and get a Slurpee? You want a free nuke with that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. So everyone has them, and it, if, if, if it's not us that does it first and someone else does... And I'm not saying we should do it first, but what I'm saying is if someone else does it first and it ain't us, we're going to feel the repercussions of that for sure. If they're on our team, if they're on the, I don't want to call it the coalition, but fuck, we've, we've already, if they're on the allies, because we've already, they've already started fucking using those terms from World War II with Axis and allies. And for what? They're, in they're referring pay, to the pay, sides. They're, paint, they're painting the Chinese and Russians as Axis, well, Axis powers? Kind of, but, well, the Middle East has, uh, like, Iran has already been referring to themselves and everyone that's on their team as the axis of, uh, what is it, the axis of revolution or the axis of uh, resistance. That's what they've been calling themselves, the axis of resistance. So, you guys are already fucking taking the motif of the bad guys here. Like, the, the axis was not the good guys in World War II. That you're referring to yourself as, an, as the axis of whatever. And I think that the Chinese and the North Koreans and everybody's kind of also been jumping on board with saying that, oh, yes, the axis of resistance to the American hegemony. That's kind of what everybody's been, been booting on. And I'm like, guys, branding-wise, this is not – yes, you are the antithesis of America because that's – that's who we fought in World War II was the axis of evil, the axis powers, right? That's who we, but why would you take that fucking name unless you were directly going to say, yes, we are directly going against you, America. We are talking shit about you. The, we are the axis of whatever, of the rebel, of rebellion or what did I say? What did I say? The axis of, uh, of uh, resistance against America is essentially what they're calling it. And so you've got the allies. You've got U.S. and Israel for sure right now. Maybe the English also potentially would go, and NATO are kind of all kind of loosely associated with us as being the allies. We need to come up with a better name for our stable. Yeah, we do, because that's what it's about, man. It's about branding. We need it's to, about branding, yeah. We, we should just be called the uh, good-ass nuclear fun hour, like, <laughs> <laughs> or the fuck around and find out. That's, that's, yeah. what, that's what our fucking team name should be. But <laughs> it, it, is, it is unprecedented... And I know we've said this in the past. I know this is a pretty big, big uh, meme going around. But man, us millennials, man, just for once, I'd like to go with like a, a month or two without a fucking world changing fucking event happening or living through a goddamn crisis or something. Because I feel like ever since fucking shit, man, it's been since 2008, man, since that initial financial crisis that happened back in the day, that initial whatever it was, subprime mortgage fucking crisis. Ever since then, it feels like. Slowly but surely, every couple of years, something, some other crisis has happened. And now, since COVID, it feels like something's happening every other month. Every other month, yeah. It feels like it's just, it's just getting worse. And but what does this have to do with LeBron's legacy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, it's nothing like that. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, just, it's just, the world is deteriorating at an insane rate. And uh, I don't think there's anything we can do about it. I think it's just something is going to happen. I don't know what, but it's definitely <laughs> leading to something. And I had initially thought that the Israelis were going to kind of cuck out and not invade Gaza because we were telling them not to. But then once that thing came out about, oh, we were, we were just telling them to hold off uh, 
until they got their shit we got our shit together i was like fuck that makes a lot of sense and hold off stand by yeah the the rhetoric from from israel has basically been like we're still gonna wipe you off the fucking planet hamas and the only way we can do that is to come in by the ground and destroy everything you ever had or loved and well that's that seems like it's gonna happen it's it's imminent i don't know ugh, i don't know when it, and i don't think anyone can predict when it's gonna happen i think that's people who say and claim to know when it's gonna happen are full of shit because no one fucking knows when it's gonna happen Likely not even the Israelis know exactly the day of when it's going to happen. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, supposedly we've sent over there a, a Marine Corps Brigadier General and a couple of his staff to ad, in an advisor role in Israel to advise them on the <coughs> this invasion. <coughs> and supposedly the the, the, the scuttlebutt is, and, and the word on the street is that he's been convincing them to not do this, that this is going to be a cost that they are not willing to pay in lives to, to do this. And... When they lose this amount of guys, it's going to require them to respond even harder to this, which is then going to push all these other countries to get involved. So, I, I mean, sure, maybe we're trying to talk them out of it, but I kind of think they got their mind dead set on this shit that this is happening, that they need to respond to this and this is what needs to be. And, uh, <coughs> you know, I'm not saying that they're right or wrong, but I think that the global implication of this is definitely real. Yeah, I mean... As far as like the news cycle goes, I mean, you don't you don't hear the end of it with this yeah. stuff. Uh, it's almost like you you almost just want, and not to say that I don't care about the plight of the Palestinians or even the Israelis for that matter. Yeah, but man, you just like all I want to do is just go home and play video games. <laughs> yeah, man, I just want to do podcasts and just dick around and play video games and make funny videos on the internet. I don't I don't want to fucking have to worry about getting drafted or fucking you know. And that's another thing that. A lot of people are very much fucking kind of taking the stance like the younger generation, this Gen Z people or whatever, that they're not going to go. Like if they're if they're drafted, they're just not going to show up and kind of makes you wonder how, what would what would happen? What would we do? What would the government do if that like they don't have the manpower? They clearly don't have the manpower to fight a fucking major war, let alone enforce this draft that uh, if they were to fucking do it, what? What, who's going to go get these assholes? They don't have enough personnel to do anything about it. Like, if nobody just showed up, what would they do? Like, You're like all right, fair point. Um, <laughs> never mind. We'll yeah, just never cancel mind. this. All right, well, <laughs> all right, guys. Army's canceled. Hey, good luck, guys, over there. We can't send you any help. I guess you're fucked. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. The lack of... The lack of... And, and again, I don't... It's fair, though. I don't I mean, blame dude, Because yeah. if, you ta- if you really think about it, are you willing to die for a war that... You probably don't have any business in. No, definitely. And also, not. like, there's no stake. For, there's no personal like investment. Yeah. I guess you could say. I don't know if that's the proper phrasing. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's, you're fighting a war that means nothing to you at all. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you gonna do about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and one of the things that that I thought was funny was that uh, somebody made a point about how this Gen Z they have like how many of them which apparently is a large percentage, are actually unfit for military service because they're either too fat, <laughs> they're too fat, they have too many mental illness problems, or they have, like, you know, too many fucking whatevers. And I just kind of thought, man, that's a good point. So, like, if 90% of the people that are younger than me are, are mentally unstable and, and unfit for military service, well, even though I'm, like, you know, in my mid-30s, that means they're going to come looking for me. Like, <laughs> they're going to come knocking on my door to go fucking do this shit. And... Now I'm thinking I need to start fucking uh, coming up with some mental illnesses of my own. Or, you know, <laughs> I, need, I need to start working my way towards that fucking excuse just to fucking get out of it. Yeah. 
Cause uh, and then at at the at the hearing they're gonna play this fucking podcast episode and be like, oh, see, he's making he's it up. Be- he's full of shit. He's he's totally fine. He could go die in a foreign war that he doesn't care about. See, he yeah. he said it. But <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's fucking crazy, and a lot of it just has to do with fucking uh, you know, people hate America. <laughs> yeah. And and I think this thing is going to be what turns the rest of the world really on our, uh, against us is if this if this shit goes sideways, I think that's what it's going to be. It's what's going to do it and we're going to be fucking fucked. Or we're going to have to kill everybody. That's how it's, it's that's going to be what's going to happen. In my head, everything's all right. Yeah. Mostly until until it's uh, not. Until <laughs> until a fucking nuke is dropped cuz that's when I feel like that's when it'll have like that's when shit gets if, real. If, if things were to escalate, that's the point in which it will escalate. But True. otherwise, everything's rosies, or at least in my delusion. Yeah, that's everything's a, fine. It's all it's all good. Yeah, it's all good until the nukes start getting getting flown or yeah. flung around. So, uh, where where else can we go? Well, did you want to talk about? The I did. Sunni I did kind of want to do a little bit about that, which I guess we can now. Um, I just I just fucking find it so fascinating that the. The, the whole of the Middle East, okay, and, and again, I'm not claiming to be any kind of expert on this. I think that there are people who have PhD-level fucking intellect on this specific issue. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say real quickly, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with being wrong. Like, if you say shit, yeah. but you, you put the effort, I, I don't think you should be criticized for putting in the fucking effort and trying to learn about shit. Cause True. I, I feel like people get condemned for... for right. um, for trying to learn something different, yeah, and, 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 and maybe it, interpreting it incorrectly, yeah, and it's fine. Like, I mean, yeah. if 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 you have a more educated, sure. you know, another person has a more educated opinion, then yeah, f- and, fuck by all means. And yeah. the reason I say this yeah. is because not that I'm afraid of being wrong or whatever. I I just want people to have this disclaimer of you shouldn't just take my word for it. No, nor should you just take anyone else's word for it. You should go and look it up yourself and find out what the information is. If you are interested in it. And the reason I even started fucking looking into this was because I was very much getting disillusioned by listening to these Twitter spaces with these assholes that are talking all this shit about this, that claim to be experts on the, the geopolitics and the, in the broader picture of the middle East. And yet they really don't fucking know what they're talking about. Um, and I don't like, it's disingenuous to pass something off as you being an expert when you're really not. And so that's where I'm saying I did all the research and looking into this on my own and I don't want to claim to be any kind of an expert because I'm not. If you want to question or you want to say I'm wrong, cool, go look it up and do your own research because this is the conclusions and the facts that I have found when I did my research. And so anyways, that being said, the, the Middle East is fucking complicated as shit. It is, it is probably one of the most complicated regions in the entire fucking world. I would, I would venture to say, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's not only, it's not only religiously or ideologically separated within its own religion of Islam being the majority predominant region or predominant religion of the whole Middle East in general is, is Islam, but you have the two different sects. You have the Sunni and the Shia. And then you have also, as a part of that, you also have this ethnic divide between people who consider themselves ethnically Arab and people who consider themselves ethnically Persian, which are like the Iranians primarily. And so 
the Iranians being the kind of country that's taken the lead essentially in the Middle East now, as it seems, where they're starting to kind of make the connections and put the allies and, you know, make, call the banners, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Facilitating the... The talks or whatever. Yeah, they're they're the ones that are trying to take the lead in this. And so what's interesting to note about, as we have talked about in previous podcasts about them and Saudi Arabia coming together and talking, which the Saudi Arabians and the Iranians fucking hate each other. They've been fighting each other for fucking generations. And it's something that just is odd that now they're sort of teaming up and they're putting out the same kind of message about quote-unquote Arab uh, unity or whatever you want to call it. But they're, So you, you mentioned that the Iranians are Persian, though. Right. So the Iranians view themselves as, as Persian, and they're also Shia Muslims. Shia Muslims, okay. Right. So what, what's, their, what's their deal? So the, now this is, again, a, a, over, a, a gross oversimplification of it. But okay. essentially the difference between Sunni and Shia, there are a lot of, of key differences, but the main focus of their main thing is who is essentially the heir of the Prophet Muhammad, right? That's essentially what it boils down to. The Sunnis believe that this certain one guy was the heir to Muhammad and should have essentially uh, been kind of like the one that, that led the the Muslim religion after he passed. And then there is the the Shia side, which believe that it was someone else and that it was it was centrally located. It should be centrally powered, located in one person, which is how the Iranian government is set up where the Ayatollah is or the supreme leader is the main religious. He's like the pope and he's also the president at the same time, basically. So the other Arabs don't fucking believe that. They don't they don't subscribe to that, which is why they 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 believe that the other person who was the prophet should have or the heir to essentially like that the the prophethood or whatever you want to call it was another guy and then they they they've uh, they ideologically branched at that point and so the followers of the one that believed that this guy was it they went and became Sunnis and then the 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 followers of the other guy went and became the the Shia. They opened the Shia sect. So was there a? Um, I don't want to say there was a losing side, but if for the people, well, is there a majority? Yes, in, amongst the Muslims that the believe that uh, the uh, Ayatollah yeah. is the person is. So there's only about fifteen percent of the Muslim popula- population that is don't Shia. believe that. No, that is Shia. Okay, and there's so the Sunnis are the majority. The ones that don't believe that the Ayatollah should be the one that's like the supreme leader and all that stuff. That's like 85%. That's like the majority of them. Okay. So what's interesting is the Sunni and the Shia have been fucking murdering each other over this for literally <laughs> thousands of years. Jesus, And man. so the, the interesting part of it is you have the, the Shia, which are the minority. They're the ones kind of taking the lead. And the, 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 the Shia have been persecuted by every other fucking Sunni government throughout its history. Uh, that they've existed. The the most recent one being, you know, in in Iraq, in Iraq with the Saddam Hussein when he because they were Saddam Hussein was a Sunni Muslim and they persecuted and murdered every fucking Shia Muslim, basically saying that they were fucking apostates and that they were fucking heretics. And that's even though they they in essentially in, in, theory, in theory believe the same thing. Yeah, but because they. On the grand level, the the lineage of yeah, each person, right? They uh, they basically fucking 
are just heretics. God damn, dude. That's and so up. they and that they they were basically animals and deserved to die. That's basically the whole thing of why they were persecuting them. And then the the Shia Muslims have been persecuted throughout fucking history by the Sunnis uh, without fucking cause, basically. Other than that, and so <laughs> it's it's crazy to now see them starting to turn and saying, "Hey, listen, guys." And this is why I think this whole situation is very dangerous is because if they're uniting together over this, this Israel Gaza issue or Israel Palestine issue and starting to, obviously they're backing the Muslim Palestinians. If they're getting together and they've literally been killing each other for thousands of years, what does that kind of say about this issue? It, if this issue was big enough to unite them or begin the road to them kind of coming together it's it it's really fucking scary that it'd be like oh if there was some issue and then the uh the muslims and the and the the followers of judaism decided that they were going to put aside their differences and and just fucking go after this issue or whatever <clears throat> um, now, now explain it in wrestling terms so in wrestling <laughs> terms this would be like okay so i got it right here so you got the nwo right yeah okay you got the nwo black and white and you got the nwo red and black okay sunnis and shias all right so they fucking have been fighting each other saying that they should be the rightful NWO and that the other one should fuck off and they should just absorb into each other, right? So then you've got another issue where you've got, let's say, uh, WCW, okay, over here, and they're just like, hey, guys, um, maybe you, we, you know, we exist too or whatever, being quote-unquote like the other faction. And then they've been <laughs> fighting each other, all three, but then they go, hey, guys, the NWO Red and Black and the Black and White get together and say, all right, guys, I know we hate each other, but we should really get together and fuck these other guys up in being WCW. And then they say, yeah, you know what, man? I know we've been killing each other for thousands of years, but let's put, it, put our differences aside and let's join up so that we can go win the World Heavyweight Championship <laughs> and, and fucking put that company out of it, put WCW out of business for good. And then it's only NWO. And then when we're done, <coughs> we can go back to killing each other again because that's, you know, that's probably, what, that's probably what'll happen. So in wrestling terms, that's basically what it is. All right, I see. So it's, it's, just, it's just fucking crazy to see this, this going down this path of, I don't want to say unification because I don't know if there will ever fully unify and i don't think they could but if the geopolitical scape is changing and iran is being pushed by BRICS as the new proxy of the middle east of their will essentially which i think is what's happening that's when you've got all these that, other that's countries. your opinion that, that's correct that's my opinion but i think that's the reason why you've got saudi arabia and these other sunni islam countries kind of starting to agree with and, and, and come together with Iran, whereas before they all kind of hated each other, and now they're like, mm, all right, let's put our differences aside, because if they believe that if China becomes the world hegemon and Iran is going to be their proxy, which is what, again, this is my opinion, if they, if they turn that into, okay, Iran's going to be running the show in the Middle East at the behest of China because they're going to be financially tied together— then we should all kind of maybe get in line because we've been persecuting the fuck out of them for the last, uh, I don't know, 1,500 years or whatever. And so maybe all that revenge is going to come back tenfold towards us, so maybe we should be friends with them now. Or they, too, draw the line in the sand and side with Israel and the U.S. because they're like, no. Right. Well, that's, we're, not, we're not taking the shit either. So. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where countries like Egypt are, have been kind of like, eh. Fence-sitting? Yeah. And 
like they're saying kind of Arab unity, but then they're also kind of still helping us as well. So, which again, Egypt was the country that gave Israel the heads up that this shit was going to happen. Ten days in advance. Right. So if they were really down with the fucking cause, they would have been like, oh man, I didn't see shit. Yeah. I, so I nothing about they're, that. They're, they're definitely fence sitting. And, and then, they, and then they, if they definitely wouldn't have come out and admitted to it, and, and publicized it that they fucking let this, that they let it be known that this was going to happen because they're trying to appease still Big Daddy US, but then also they're kind of like, mm, well, we don't, we don't want to accept any Palestinian refugees at the same time when really they're, but then they're saying, oh, the Arab world should be united. But it's like, mm, well, then if they should be united so much, why aren't you taking those Palestinians there, fella? Like, you know, come on. It's a little hypocritical, don't you think? But it's because. So they're an, they're an armchair fucking. Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what follows after armchair. What, what are they? Uh, they're like armchair generals, essentially, just saying like, yeah, yeah guys, we should do this, but mm, nah, we're not going to do that. You should do this, but we're not going to do it. Yeah. Um. So, and, and then, you know, you've got countries like Jordan and you've got obviously Saudi Arabia, where Saudi Arabia has been very friendly to the United States in terms of uh, military hardware. They buy a lot of stuff from us, like, you know. We've had very good relations with them over the years, and now it's starting to turn into they're kind of shit-talking us, and they're kind of, you know, <coughs> they're siding with Iran on this, which is like, well, Iran's obviously Tentative, our enemy. Uh, t- yeah. um, well, what's the word? Yeah, I, uh, guess, I guess they're tentatively siding with Iran on this by meeting with them, and then, again, all the other countries that met with Iran but then canceled the meetings with fucking the president of all people of the United States. That's, that's a message right there. It's, in an, my opinion. it's an act of solidarity. It is. It's, it's, it's that. And it's saying, sorry, us, we don't give a fuck who you're going to send. We don't want to talk to you. And it's just like, Ooh, okay. Well, you clearly have picked a side. So, you know, when the bombs start flying, don't be surprised if a couple come your way. Cause you, you clearly picked a side. So yeah. now I, I mean, whether you can say it's the right side or the wrong side is up to people's opinions, but, um, it's definitely not the side that we're on. So, it makes you wonder, well, why we have all these more aircraft carrier groups showing up. We've got another, they sent another couple squadrons of F-16s over there. They're, they're sending a lot of hardware back into the Middle East when we just pulled it all out. And now we're sending it back going, mm, shit, well, we're going to probably need this here soon. Yeah. And to get back onto the, the Sunni and the Shia thing, it's again, it's very fucking crazy that those two sides have such a very... I don't, I don't hostile history, I guess, with each other and a violent history with each other. And they're now coming together and they're not just coming together on that because like I said, the Iranians ethnically consider themselves Persian, not really necessarily Arab, like everyone else in the Middle East considers themselves ethnically to be, even though I kind of think they're all fucking the same, but Iran is the remnant of the Persian empire. Basically that's like the modern day remnant of Persia is, is Iran. So it's, it's interesting to note that they're both ideologically and ethnically divided, but yet now they're still, they're, they're putting all that aside to start kind of coming together to fight against Israel. I don't think it's going to last. I don't think it will either. I think it'll last long enough to potentially take out fucking Israel. Cause there's going to be self-interest involved for each side. And they're like, mm, you're doing a little too much. I don't like the way you're, you're doing X thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's what will eventually. Ha- I think that that alliance will splinter for sure. But 
I don't know if it will. I think it might last long enough just to fucking put the put the screws and put the damage to Israel. And obviously, we're gonna be fucking helping them out. We're gonna be fucking their shit up too. And like I've said in previous episodes, I don't think Iran really wants this fucking smoke from us. I don't think they do. Uh, but it seems they're sure they sure seem to be asking for it. Uh, at least from what I've seen, I th- I think they're funding. Uh. Because it's evident that Hamas is being supplied by Iran, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious, and and the, and it seems that's what they're doing is they don't want to do direct conflict with the U.S. because that's fucking that's a death sentence right there, right? So they'll do it by proxy proxy, proxy groups, yeah. and and I don't know. I mean, I think there's this group called the Houthis. Yeah, the yeah, they're out H-O- of Yemen. Yeah, H O U T H I H yeah H I. Uh, I think like one of those groups would be something like they would they'd be working with just right just to scatter their seeds everywhere. Right. And, well, and so okay, that you bring that up, it actually brings me to a good point of something that else that happened this week. But the the Houthis out of Yemen launched drones and some kind of fucking missiles, and we had one of our ballistic missile cruisers or whatever over there in that area got wind of it and. They were headed towards them. They don't know for sure if they were headed towards Israel. They were flying in that direction, but they were also headed towards them. So they took it as, hey, we need to defend ourselves. So they launched defensive countermeasures, and they shot down the missiles and all the drones. Um, so also, the attacks have been increasing over the last few days on our interests over there in the Middle East, like in Iraq and in Syria. The, the areas that we are involved with have been starting to get attacked. And the bases, there have been rocket attacks, there have been, you know, all kinds of shit like that. So these groups that are all essentially backed by Iran have now started to kind of go after us directly. And so by our our ship getting involved and shooting down shit, documented, it's, it's 100% a fact, it's not no conspiracy, it's not no bullshit. We, we shot down missiles and we, were, we are now militarily involved in the conflict. We have entered the chat, as they say. They entered uh, the chat, yeah. Officially, because we expended military resources to stop potentially missiles that were going towards Israel. Yeah, however minimal that was. Correct. However minimal it was, we have still now entered the chat and we are now involved militarily. So I don't think that makes it unlikely. I think that makes it more likely that we will continue and further further get involved, especially if these groups are starting to up their ante on attacking us. And supposedly it has been said, passed down from Iran, that U.S. targets are on the table. You, you can attack U.S. targets to their proxies that they have allowed to say, hey, go for the U.S., we don't give a fuck. And <coughs> to further kind of corroborate that, uh, the Secretary of State, and I don't know if the Secretary of Defense also said it, but they also said that they, have, they, they plainly said that war with Iran was not off the table, that, that, we, were plan- that we were also contingency planning for that. Biden just, I think today or yesterday, told the Secretary of Defense to, or the Defense Department to start contingency planning for the worst case scenario happening in the Middle East, meaning we would have to evacuate our 600,000 citizens that we have throughout the Middle East in a mass evacuation. Um, uh, In Lebanon, another sign that that's going poorly is the the Saudi Arabians have fully evacuated their fucking like embassy from there. And there's, yeah, there's other countries that are fully evacuating their shit. And so they don't have any, they have, wait, so the Saudi Arabians left Lebanon, you said, yeah, they've like evacuated their embassy or whatever there. So that means they think the U S they think that is going to, is going to do some shit then. Right. They must think 
that either the violence is going to get so bad in Lebanon because that's where a lot of the northern attacks are coming from uh, into into Israel. And so Hezbollah that's up there, they have basically also entered the chat and and they've been basically saying that they're going to, if, if Israel invades Gaza, that they're going to fucking invade from the north. They're going to do a an attack with their guys. And they have like several hundred, hundred thousand men. They, it's not like they have like a small ass. They're not like a small time fucking gang. They are a, whether they're uh, good is, is another story, but they still, they have numbers. And that's, that's one of the things that is unfortunate for Israel because they, yes, they can, they can, they could uh, repel that sort of invasion with our technology that we have in the, you know, capabilities that we have. But at some point, as I've said in, in the past, there is a number of people that you throw at something that will eventually negate any advantage that you may have outside of nuclear weapons. Because nuclear weapons are the ultimate fucking game changer. You can it doesn't matter how many motherfuckers are coming at you. If there's half a million guys coming at you, you drop three nukes, they're all dead. So but conventional weaponry, that's a lot more difficult. There's a number that you could have that will hit, then will just overwhelm that and you won't be able to stop it. So I don't know what that number is for the north of the northern part of Israel, but hopefully it's uh it's more the number is higher than what fucking Hezbollah has if they actually do something. Or their morale is just completely defeated. Right, and, and they just say fuck it and they all just run away. It. Yeah, it's not worth it. So but I don't know, as as you see all these images come out of kids and all this shit happening of it, it it's just further, I think, emboldening them and making their morale go up or well, it's making their desire to fight Israel increase. So you know, I don't know. What what do you make of the the phrasing used in U.S. media for this the topic itself did did you because I thought I thought you had something to say about something in that specific regard. Yeah. So the the way that it's being framed is very it's very fucking precarious because you've got the way it's being framed at least here is that obviously Israel good Palestine bad. Um. And it's it's a very, the rest of the world is is saying Palestine good Israel bad, and so you see all these things conflicting information. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to information and the conflicting conclusions that all the different media's come to it. Like that hospital bombing was a fucking perfect example. I still fucking don't know who yeah. fucking did it, and I don't think there is any conclusive evidence whatsoever that proves either way who did it. And you've got both people on both sides pointing to video and evidence of this saying, Oh, nope, this proves it. And then you go look at it and say, well, no, it doesn't fucking prove anything. The, the one, the, the image that they use or the footage that they use on the Israeli side is that saying basically, Oh, here's a, here's a missile or a launch of a rocket that happened around the same time that this happened. But like the rocket kind of explodes in the air. So I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking prove anything at all. Cause if the rocket blew up in the air and, and then it, the remnants landed, it wouldn't have, caused this much damage or this explosion that happened of it. So, and then you've got the other side basically showing images of the bomb and shit happening and saying, oh, this is just, you know, this was definitely a, a, an airstrike, blah, blah, blah. But again, none of those things actually definitively prove either way who did it. So it's very, and it's very hard for people to come, I think it's very hard for people to come to independent conclusions about a lot of this shit because there is so much conjecture and opinion put into all of these fucking things that it's difficult to navigate through it. 
And uh, oh, but yeah, I was gonna say because the the main thing I was getting at, I don't know if you already said it. Uh, Maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, was that the the phrasing went from? It, it's clearly an offensive maneuver to oh. go. That's the, what I was getting. <laughs> oh at, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, yeah. As, as they're saying it's defensive. Yeah. That, so so the yeah the the thank you for reminding me because I did forget exactly what I, the point I wanted to make was this basically has become they've been referring to the invasion of Gaza as such they were referring to it as they were going to invade invade and ground troops in gaza and then all of a sudden it just switched to them referring to it instead of referring to it as the offensive in gaza they've been referring to it as the defensive in gaza which implies that a a without a doubt a purely offensive maneuver of invading with ground troops is not offensive in nature. It's it's clearly it's a defensive maneuver. It's a defensive move. Yeah, which, that that. Well, I, I don't know if this is implied, but to say that the Hamas uh, team or whatever you want to call it is outnumbering them or is meeting with equal force when they're clearly the minority. Like, right. Yeah. That I don't know how that's defensive. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that. I think that from a military standpoint and from just and 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 sure maybe maybe uh we're reading into it too much but i just i feel like that that's the narrative that they're putting out is this is a defensive maneuver but clearly to anyone with common sense invading another part that's not your country that's always offense that's never in the defense that's always an offensive maneuver i don't know if this is embellishment but Mm -hmm. i i think it's fucking I mean, it's like genocidal displacement because these people are gonna ha- not going to have anywhere to come back to after this is over. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing that kind of we were alluding to earlier. In t- and that, that kind of goes towards what we we're talking about earlier about creating lifelong enemies is if they leave, if they evacuate and you I mean, they've already leveled a lot of the area. But if, if they come back and their shit's just going to be destroyed because of a ground incursion between Hamas and, and Israel, it's going to just get destroyed. They come back, even if they were on the fence throughout all this thing, or they were indifferent to Israel. Sp- speaking specifically about Palestinians that aren't right, I, that aren't, aren't uh, that aren't uh, Hamas affiliated or right. or sympathetic towards them. Yeah, and, yeah. If they were not sympathetic or on the fence or whatever prior to this, even if the 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 event concludes and Israel leaves and they they're allowed to go back to their fucking homes, if they get there and there's nothing fucking left. I don't think that they have homeowners insurance in fucking Palestine. So I doubt that any insurance company or anyone is going to help them rebuild it. So everything that they've ever had or put together or worked for in their life is just going to be fucking gone. So when you leave a large majority of people essentially homeless and they have no alternative, well, what are they going to do? They're going to fight. They're going to go fight you. I mean, I'll just use myself as an example. If I, if, if some foreign invader came here and was blowing up the country and allowed me to leave. And then I came back and my house was destroyed and I had nothing left. Well, my only option is to either just be fucking homeless or maybe try to fucking rebuild, but good luck with that. Everybody else is going to be rebuilding. So good luck getting resources or good luck getting any, any help with that. You're on your own. Um, but if I got nothing left, well, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to go do everything I can to make sure that these assholes that destroyed all my shit fucking, you know, pay the price. Like that's, that's me personally. So 
And I think that would stand for a lot of people here in the United States or just a lot of people in the world in general if that were to happen to you. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, in this situation, the lens of ideology gets applied and everybody fucking loses their mind on, on people saying that they would do that <coughs> if you're on the other side. But if you were to <coughs> say it from a neutral standpoint like I just did, um, I think the majority of people could agree with me that that's a reasonable response, right? To, to have that. That would be, well, yeah, you know what? they fucked your shit up. Yeah, you got nothing left. Your only logical option is to fucking fight them. That's, that's it. So I feel like that's the only logical area this is going to go to. And I don't, I, I hope, I hope Israel has a fucking exit plan. I hope they have an exit strategy for this whole fucking invasion of Gaza. If they go through with it, if they go through with it, I hope they have a plan for what they're going to do afterwards because you can go in and decimate a fucking area and get rid of that. You're right. You can't eradicate Hamas personnel and their ability to operate as a military entity. You can, you can eradicate that. Um, that is very possible, but you can't kill the ideology. You can't kill the idea of it. So what are you going to do in the end? What are you going to do after you take out their military capability? How are you going to deal with the rest of it? Because even though you might take out their military capability, it's very easy for them to get it again. People can get that again, especially if they've got the numbers of people who are going to be pissed off that their shit's destroyed. Recruiting for Hamas afterwards is probably going to be fairly easy. And if they're backed by other governments financially and they're getting money and weapons, that won't be a problem either. So yeah, you're I just going to temporarily solve the problem. I think indirectly that also creates a new enemy or yeah. a, a, a long-standing enemy for the U.S. Right. in the future. Oh yeah, once definitely. more. Yeah, definitely. It definitely will. Yeah, I don't. I don't so, know. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but it's definitely interesting to talk about. And uh, you know, I mean, like I said, we say all the other stuff. All oh, we're sick about hearing about it, and we're sick about talking about it, and we just talked for an hour and a half about it. But you know, whatever. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting to examine and to talk about and look at the historical relevance of it, and then to look at, well, where does it go from here? Because I don't think anyone. And that's the other thing. My, my opinions are my opinions and my quote-unquote predictions. Like, I'm not, like, fucking saying that it's set in stone that this is going to happen. I No one fucking knows. Anybody that tells you that they know 100% for sure what's going to happen or they're such an expert that, oh, this is going to be laid out like this, A, B, C, and D. Nobody has no fucking idea how this is going to go. There are so many variables. There are so many fucking precarious things happening all at the same fucking time that it's physically impossible to be able to predict what is going to happen or where this is going to go. So anybody that tells you that they know is full of shit, and we here are definitely not fucking saying that we're experts and for sure know where this is going to go. I can just tell you what I think and kind of how I see it playing out, but again, I'm even telling you, I have no fucking idea how this is really going to play out. There's so many fucking variables that I, I couldn't even probably understand or begin to understand to be able to give you a fully accurate depiction of how it's going to go down, so... You know, it's called the Central Unintelligence Podcast. Just but you, remember that. But you gave your best attempt. Yeah, I gave my best attempt. I did the research that I felt was necessary to give myself and to give people the context of it yeah. so that they could potentially make an informed decision and really make an informed decision about what they want to research on their own. Yeah, I mean, shit. I, I vaguely knew what the, uh, the difference between Sunni and Shiite... Muslims uh, was I, I just knew they're both a Muslim faith yeah but their perspectives are different in that the heir or the lineage of Muhammad was they fall yeah. one person and the other group falls the other person right yeah but I didn't know was that 
the what, what is it? The Sunnis are the ones that are the the majority. M- yeah, the majority and the Shia are the the minority, and they've been the ones getting fucking persecuted. Yeah. So it is very interesting. Yeah, to know that I didn't I didn't know I thought it was the other way around. Yeah. But again, that's just years of media misinformation and fucking you know. And I'm still gonna have to look that up to to say. Yeah. That, I mean. And again, because yeah, I don't want to just say that, right. oh, that, oh, like take your whatever you that's, just said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That like, oh, no, nah, you're wrong about this. Yeah, like, look it up. Maybe I, yeah, yeah. maybe I fucking read it wrong. But again, or maybe I interpreted it incorrectly. But that's what I got from it. And again, I don't want to offend any uh, Muslims out there because I am grossly oversimplifying it. There are a lot of other cultural differences and, yeah, and yeah, belief yeah. differences. Yeah. But from what I read, that's kind of like the crux of where it all started of where the divide began was yeah. was the argument over the lineage of of who was the true heir of Muhammad the heir or the pre, or the not predecessor the uh protege protege yeah or like who's the the next person in line for that like kind of job or whatever yeah <clears throat> so yeah i don't know but anyways are we, that's pretty are much we, all i got yeah what, what do you got yeah we're reaching the end well unless you got other shit you want to say fuck no i mean where, where are we at fuck no hour and 20 so we, well, it's plenty of fucking work, hit, dude. That's, hit the goal. Plenty of work. We're good yeah. to go. So, anyways, that's all I had for this week. So, anyways, go follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, or Twitter, Instagram, and uh, what's the other one called? TikTok. Twitter, no, TikTok and Instagram is at Game Rage Magazine. Twitter is at Game Rage Mag or X, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, and if you have any shit, if you're out there listening, if you're potentially one of our Belgian listeners, or if you're uh, any one of the other f- listeners who are out there from other countries, or God damn, if you're, if you're here in the United States and you want to fucking have us talk about some shit, uh, hit us up on there and uh, t- give us some shit to talk about. I mean, fuck, you want to hear our opinions about other things? Uh, let me know. Uh, we'll talk about it. I don't give a fuck. We, uh, we always like to uh, appease or entertain our audience. So if we can talk about shit that is personal or, you know, provide context for something that you want to know about or that you find interesting, shit. I love history. I love current events. And that's what this podcast is basically about. So... Fuck, I'll look into anything for you. Fuck it. Let's see what's let's see what's up. So hit us up. Let us know. Anyways, alright. Well, uh, that's about it for us. So thanks for fucking listening and uh, just remember to do your own fucking listening. Alright? Don't be That was the latest episode of the Central Unintelligence Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe and like on Instagram and TikTok at Game Rage Magazine. We're also on Twitter slash X at Game Rage Mag. Also our website, www.gameragemagazine.com.